the swag out them balls. And welcome to another episode of the Sartorial and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I am your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance, coming to you again on another episode of the podcast, and we have an exciting one for you. We actually have a listener question this episode, so I'm excited. That just shows me the all eight, nine, ten of y'all that actually listen every week. Really look forward to what I have to talk about, and I appreciate it uh, very, very much. And one of the things that I, I love is a good podcast, as you uh, probably already know. I've talked about just several of the Blair Clone Speaks, uh, the, the boardroom with the true board. And one of the podcasts I've discovered recently is the Canon and Canon. Now, I am a sucker for classic 80s horror, but just 80s horror and 80s movies in general. And being a child of the 80s, I grew up watching all of them. And one of the most notorious movie companies of the 80s is Canon Film or the Canon Group. They brought us such classics, and I really mean classics, as The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2, American Ninja, Masters of the Universe, one of my all-time favorite horror films, Life Force, the Mission in Action series, among many, many other films that define 80s cinema. Well, two comedians, Frank Garcia Hale and Jeff Garlock, they have a podcast called The Canon Canon, where they are examining every single canon production that was ever made and even some films that are very canon-esque and they call it could have been a canon Uh, they talk about those as well and there's a podcast that i've actually had the notion to listen to for a while but i recently just started clicking through some of the episodes and let me tell you, there's something about a podcast when you listen to it and it's two hours long and you've heard me talk about nice and neat podcasts, but it's two hours long. You're 45 minutes in and you haven't even talked about the movie yet and you're thoroughly enjoying just the banter and the back and forth of the host. And I think Jeff and Frank have a very good chemistry and they very easily listen to it and they're very fun to listen to as well. And this episode particularly I was talking about They were talking about Halloween Season of the Witch, which is not a canon movie, but it is honestly one of my favorite Halloween movies. It's like Halloween 1, 2, and 3, and then you have to skip all the way until the most recent one that came to 18. I don't, or the 2018 or 2019, whenever it came out. I I don't do the Rob Zombie films, anything 4, 5, 6, 7. I've never liked them. And um, H2O was a piece of garbage. Resurrection. Whatever the one bust around is probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Next is State Property. That's a whole nother topic. Anyway, those two gentlemen have such a great love for Halloween season of the wish that just the talking and banter about their love for the movie and certain instances related to the movie just took hold of the conversation before they even started talking about the movie. And then... I listened to their podcast on Life Force. And if you have never seen Life Force, it is it is a a masterpiece. And I'm kind of joking, but a masterpiece of 80s horror. It is it's so it is the special effects are great. It's so campy. It's directed by Toby Hooper, who also did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Poltergeist. It is I have always loved this movie. And to hear two other grown men 
really just talk about this movie and just have so much fun with it is it's pleasing to me and i'm such a movie buff a cinephile especially for cheesy 80s movies especially horror movies it is right up my alley so i am recommending you today to you today the canon canon uh, you can find that on any podcasting apparatus that you choose, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, what have you. It is there. If you just love two guys or three guys or three guys and a girl, who knows what their guests sometimes, just talking about good, old, sometimes good, a lot of times bad, 80s movies. It's definitely right on my alley. So my download for this week is the Canon Canon. And speaking of just the past and growing up, I had a uh, conversation about a week or so ago with a uh, friend of mine from college, one of my my crew, one of my boys. And there's one thing about those friendships that you forge in college. You guys don't talk, you know, every week, every month. You know, you may talk a couple times a year, get up with each other a couple times a year. You know, you have families, kids, work, professional stuff, all that good stuff. But when you get together, when you get a chance to talk on the phone, it is like no time has passed whatsoever. And we were talking, he's very much, we, we all of us really, of, of my whole crew for the most part, were very much into education in some way, shape, or form. Um, myself and he have, have both taught other friend of miles who passed away. He was very big into education and especially education, environmental education of uh, black and brown kids. Uh, other friend, he's very much into tech and technology and technology education as far as computer programming. We all are about giving back and teaching, uh, especially since we're all we're in the sciences, whether it's natural sciences or computer sciences um, in college and with a lot of our career paths has taken us in different areas outside of the, the research or the research uh, laboratories or the coding rooms or, or what have you. We still are very much about education and he is working uh, to a determined degree and really looking at developing programs for STEM education and it really got me to think about all of the teachers that I had and how as an African American male I had one science teacher one african-american male science teacher that is and now that i'm a 40 plus year old man understanding how large of an impact that one man had on my life way back when in baltimore and my sixth grade science teacher mr donald harrell he he was a class act he's he was a funny guy he did what he could to inject humor into the class and I absolutely loved it. I've, I've always loved science. And having him, having the experience of having him really shaped me in ways that I I never knew. Uh, between him and my mom, I really get my love of teaching. I get my love of being in a classroom. And I really get my love of science. And during my time in the classroom, I taught all higher education adjuncting. A lot and a lot of students that I taught were not were those that were not going into the science field sitting in the universities or colleges that I taught at, but some were. And I know that when I walked in that classroom teaching environmental science, teaching biology, I was an anomaly and I was told so often because they didn't see people who look like me that taught courses like this in any school, let alone their school. And that's one of the things I've always taken with me as far as my passion. So I actually had the chance to see Mr. Harrell during my high school years. Uh, 
that. I worked at IHOP as a busboy all throughout high school, and he happened to come in one day, and this must have been this just must have been my senior year, and I was able to tell him everything that's going on in my life since I last saw him when I graduated from middle school, and how I was going to school for environmental science, and how I've been able to do this, and I've been able to do that in the sort of programs I was in in high school in environmental science and biology. And your parents are proud of you, but it's something when you see an old teacher and you see that glimmer in their eye that they know they made a difference. And I have no idea if Mr. Rowe is still alive now. If, if he is, he's a, a very old man by now. But it was, it was very, I was very grateful to have that chance to tell him what I was doing in my life and to let him know that he made a difference. And on a side note, uh, Ms. Frazier, who was my fourth grade science teacher, uh, African-American women. It must have been something about my senior high school that these people just randomly popped into the IHOP that I worked in on the other side of town. She popped into, and it was nice to tell her everything that was going on. And she was so proud. And she was so happy. But really going back to Mr. Harrell, it's nice that I was able to tell him what kind of impact he made in my life. And even now, as a 40-plus-year-old man, I wish I could tell him what sort of impact and what sort of direction my life went in because he was a part of it. Because I had that African-American male science teacher for that one year in sixth grade and the sort of difference that made on me and how that fueled my passion for teaching, for educating, for being in science. Thank you, Mr. Harrell. I know you will probably never, ever hear this. But you made a difference to me. And I am also blessed and grateful to have friends and people I dare call brothers who have been there for me and been with me for over 20 years now who share that same sort of passion I do. And no, I am not in sciences anymore with regards to doing hard research. I, my profession has taken me to the peripheral of that research but my chosen profession still has me educating people about the science it still has me educating people about the programs so they can do the science that they want to do or to find the resources to bring their innovations and technologies into real life from that ideal and that drawing board so I, I may not be in a classroom anymore but the education and the teaching and the science is still very much a part of what I do and I have Mr. Harrell, among others, but Mr. Harrell really to thank for giving me that fire way back when to really be where I am now and to be the man I am today. So that's it for the first half. It's a kind of a, a sappy sort of trip down memory lane, but it's one of the things I was thinking about earlier in the week and just how that really impacted me going forward. We're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and we have a whole lot of fragrances to talk about. Welcome back. Very quickly before we get into our fragrance exploration for this week, I want to give two quick reviews, and I mean really quick reviews. Uh, first, One Division has now come to an end, and with the final episode, I have to say that they did a pretty good job of tying up that storyline into a nice bow, but also as in typical Marvel fashion left new threads for us to explore in coming media both movies and television over the next year plus 
So I'm excited about that. I think partially it was, I wasn't overwhelmed, but just Marvel presented us with so many possibilities with what could be going on in WandaVision. So I think for it to really uh, come to a head the way that it did was disappointing only because the speculation for what was going on was everywhere considering some of the storylines they were pulling from from the comics and and just the wild possibilities that could possibly be Uh, so in that regard it was somewhat disappointing but it wasn't disappointing in the execution it wasn't disappointing in the story like how it ended was still great it was really good and i am very much looking forward to how this series directly goes into the next Doctor Strange movie, I think that's really going to be a bona fide hit. And the next review I'm going to talk about, the next product I'm going to talk about, is Coming to America. The uh, long-awaited and, in many cases, unwanted, unnecessary sequel to the classic Coming to America from 1988. And it's interesting because I saw the original Coming to America, I think at that point in time, that summer, I used to stay with family out in Maryland, or I'm from Maryland originally, but um, out in Hobbity Grace. And I think that one particular summer, my cousin and I were in the movie theater every single week. It's great having an 18-year-old cousin when you're 10 and she takes you to all the R-rated movies. It was great. But uh, I so I remember seeing this in the theater back in the day. And if you are a student of classic comedy or just any Murphy fan from the 80s was just a fan of good movies everyone knows Club in America and in the African American community you know it's one of those movies where we know every line by heart and every joke is hilarious every single time even if you've seen the movie like a hundred times it's still funny it is a classic so the new movie coming to America has a very hard act to follow Overall, it was a fun movie. I truly think Wesley Snipes needs to play more comedic roles. I know he's done them in the past, but it seems like just in the recent 10 years or so, I haven't seen him in many comedic roles. He needs to do comedy again. He is is absolutely hilarious, and he is someone who you can definitely tell was enjoying every minute on the set playing his character. Uh, but overall, it was a, a needless sequel. And that's not a bad thing. It's just that the first one is such a classic movie. And it is such a movie that can stand on its own. And has clearly stood the test of time for 30 years now. That, you know, you didn't need a sequel. But the sequel itself, it was it was very telegraphed. You, you saw things coming a mile away. It was, but it was great seeing familiar characters... It was great seeing Eddie and Arsenio play all of the old characters from the barbershop and the preacher and then some new characters as well. Uh, it was it was a fun movie. It was a fun trip in the stout, through nostalgia. It was a fun sort of update, but it felt safe for some reason. The, the first movie wasn't raunchy at all, but it just felt so 
safe compared to the boundaries that the first movie pushed for 1988 and again that movie seems tame for what we have seen in media since then so maybe that's what I'm also comparing it to because it's made in the vein of the original and the original by today's standards would be a very safe movie the cast overall was great I, I didn't think any of the performances were subpar at all it was just a fun movie to watch is a movie that's quotable like the original no it's a movie I'll probably watch again over and over again like the original no that it, it's not happening it's that was a hard act to follow and I don't think anybody expected it or would expect it to live up to the prestige of the original but as a sequel it was fun it was paint by numbers it was the story of the original in reverse in many respects but that doesn't take away from the charming head in my opinion nor did it take away from the fun of watching the movie and watching all the actors and characters return from the older movie as well as the additions of the new characters as well so it's a, a fun watch if you have Amazon Prime I definitely definitely recommend you watching it just to watch it you'll you'll enjoy yourself you'll have a good time if you don't have Prime is it worth getting a year no is it worth paying 12 bucks to see it yeah I would I would say that to get a month of Prime just to watch it yeah I definitely think it's worth that so those are my two properties to review this week and next week falcon and winter soldier oh i cannot wait so let's go into our fragrances we have quite a journey uh in our fragrance world today ladies and gentlemen first we have a question yes we actually have q a people listen to this podcast and send me questions it's amazing and this one comes from a friend of the show, Gerard, from the Board of Directors um, at the Board Meeting Podcast. Find them on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. But he has a twofold question to me about a staple of inexpensive, quote unquote, starter fragrances. And that's J O O P exclamation point. And I spell it because his first question is How exactly do you pronounce it? Is it Jope? Or is it Yope? Now, I will tell you, and this will get into the second part of it. I have never worn or smelled this fragrance. I've heard of it, but it's not one that I've ever had an idea of getting my nose under. So upon doing the research, I've realized that it is a German company German, or a German fragrance in origin. So I went to the one German influencer or youtuber that I, I don't know obviously but uh that i watched and that was jeremy fragrance and jeremy fragrance pronounces it yope like uh why yope so that's what i'm gonna say it's yope not jope and with that uh his other question is what are maybe some alternatives to yope and this is what i say first of all yope is classified as an oriental fragrance let me break it down a little bit so this family of fragrances is typically uh, denoted by its use of, of spices it's defined by herbs and spices or dry powdery resin notes uh, these notes are often combined with ambers or sweet notes like vanilla tonka to make the fragrance softer 
It's also uh, commonly described as exotic and seductive. So these are all the things that you are would expect in this fragrance. And when you look at the note breakdown of Yolk, uh, Yolk Home, in this case, get a bunch of different flankers with regards to this line. You can look at a top of bergamot and cinnamon, so you get that spice there. You get middle of orange blossom, jasmine, and honeysuckle, so again, a little bit of spice, but also the sweetness. And then with the base, you get sandalwood, vetiver, patchouli, amber, tonka bean, musk, and vanilla. So you get that sweet softness as well. It's not too heavy on the spice compared to other orientals. But even after reading the note breakdown, it makes me want to get myself a bottle just to see because it seems as my fragrance palette has evolved over the past years or so, this seems like something that will hit all of my notes and something that I would really like and enjoy. So let's look at some alternatives. So the first alternative I looked at was Perry Ellis 360 Red. It's another relatively inexpensive fragrance. You're going to have top notes of lime zest, parsley, and sunburst mandarins. So you got like a zesty uh, citrusy opening. And then with the middle, you have nutmeg, cinnamon, and lavender. So you have the softness of the lavender in the middle mixed with the spice, the earthy spice, I would say, of the nutmeg and the cinnamon. And then with the base, again, you find familiar notes of sandalwood, patchouli, and cedarwood. And then my second recommendation would be Signature by English Laundry. This is one that I own, and in a lot of the rack stores... TJ Marshall's Max, you can find a lot of the um, EDTs of English Laundry for under $15 or so. And they, if you find it, even with some of the formulas that seem like they're not as strong as they used to be, they are still well worth the price. And with this one, you're going to find top notes of bergamot, lavender, lemon, and cedarwood, middle notes of nutmeg and coriander, and then base notes of sandalwood, vetiver, musk, and amber. So you see, you see a lot of familiar notes in these orientals so for me personally signature is uh designed it seems though as a signature scent and you really could wear it as such i really love the nutmeg and coriander and how that really melds uh, with the base notes i don't get too much of the vetiver but the musk is surprisingly strong it's not overly strong but with that mix, you wouldn't expect the must to be as prominent as it is. And with the top notes, top note is nice, but it doesn't last that long for me. I really, my nose starts to pick up that middle note rather quickly after that initial spray. So those are my two recommendations. If you look for something in this sort of same classification as Jopon, but you want something a bit different. And also neither one of these fragrances is going to break the bank. So that's going to be Perry Ellis 360 Red and Signature by English Laundry. Uh, realistically, you can find both of those in 100 ml bottles or maybe a little bit smaller for under 30 bucks. Really probably under 20 depending on where you look. So, Gerald, I hope that answers your questions. And again, if you, Gerald, or anyone else has any questions, feel free to drop us a line at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Now, this is one that I'm going to talk about as far as my scent of the week. And that is we're going to continue to look at all of these samples we received from the uh, Royal Bermuda Cologne Company. In this case, we're looking at Royal Rugby. And this one's a very simple, simple breakdown where you're going to have top notes of black currant, middle notes of geranium, and base notes of patchouli and vetiver. Now, one of the things that surprised me about Royal Rugby is the prominence of the vetiver in the base. 
it surprised me because last week I don't know if I talked about it here I know I award I wore their royal vetiver nor and I really didn't smell any vetiver for a fragrance that had vetiver in his name and me not to smell vetiver uh, as prominent as I would think if it's in the name it was disappointing it was a nice fragrance don't get me wrong but I had different expectations considering the name now this one this royal rugby this one that vetiver and that patchouli and that base is really great and I am not a big geranium fan but this works really well. And the black current, it's a nice opening, but the one of the things I know is with all of these royal uh, Bermuda fragrances is that the openings dissipate rather quickly in my opinion. Uh, really, they dissipate within 30 minutes to an hour max and go into the middle and the subsequent base notes. But of all of the four from the line, I've already talked about Royal Musk and just how I'm, I've been trying to get that fragrance for the past 14 years almost. And so I absolutely love it. But Royal Rugby is definitely my second favorite of the line. I have really developed a love of vetiver and not just the scent itself or the note itself, but how it smells, whether it's grassy or kind of soapy, depending on. I love the versatility of vetiver that I've been experiencing with some of the fragrances that I've been able to acquire and just sample over the past couple of months, particularly. So I'm really enjoying the uh, Royal Rugby uh, by Royal Bermuda. And one of the things I like about this company as well is that these fragrances aren't super expensive you're talking about 35 to 55 bucks for a four ounce or 100 ml i think it's 100 ml bottle and that's you know you really can't beat that sort of price for something that is a very good quality in that regard so i i definitely would recommend the royal rugby from royal bermuda cologne so that's it for this episode. I thank you for indulging me again. We went through just talking about childhood and science teachers and podcasts and old B 80s horror movies to a healthy quadruple dose or really triple dose. No, quadruple dose of, of fragrances this week or fragrance talk. So thank you again. If you want to find us on the internet, you can find us on Twitter at Webster Style. You can find us on Instagram at Webster Style or at Sartorio and Geek. Always you can find us at WebsterStyle.com. And again, any questions, emails, comments, criticisms, anything to think of, feel free to drop us a line at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Thank you very much for your time. This has been the Sartorian Geek Podcast, where we talk about everything from bow ties to comic books. And I have been your host, Webster Style. Thank you again, and don't forget, be safe out there. And stay Lick a lady main thing, want me on the scene Fit poppin' like a main vein, running blood color
the lips smashing with the hand Clutch money holding back, kinda funny Can you tell me what's the price I got the range Rover Hang on me when we walking looking Gucci like that thing sprayed on me Walking with a limp like an ankle sprained on me Yeah, I rocked the cardigan, she don't really want me Because one man should have all that style Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it And the one girl should fit it all in them jeans So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes no one man should have all that style Take it off, clothes on the floor, pal And the one girl should fit it all in them jeans So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes Oh, you wanted to, oh, I completely read that wrong Oh, thank you